This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. My favorite murder. The podcast. You have you heard of it? It's um, <laughs> these two girls. I don't really know what they do. It's <laughs> who are they? they? Who do they think they are? Who do they think they are? This hey. Is a, hey, this is a special episode. We're going to do a Q&A. Are you getting like a summertime vibe from us? Because it's real. Yeah. It's uh, summer. Yeah. Summer. Yeah, well, we- it's. It feels like lazy days of summer, like when we thought, oh, yeah, we haven't done a Q&A like in a very, yeah. maybe in a year. And yeah. then when I realized that was an option, it was as if I was freed out of the last day of school onto <laughs> summer vacation. That's what it felt well, like. For some reason, a Q&A makes me almost more nervous than a regular episode. Because you have to go back to all your improv skills that you got <laughs> at the Groundlings? Level one from the two level one classes I've taken of improv before. <laughs> true story. Uh, yeah, it's not easy. It's improv. not easy. It's not. I like. Yeah, I don't like not being prepared. But and then I read through the questions that Jay sent us from the fan cult, and they're they're really fun. So I'm feeling okay about it. Of course, these are people that want to. They have good ideas. They think things through. Mm. A lot of them are professionals. Improvers. Professional improvers. Did I ever tell you about my friend, Lynn Shawcroft, the great uh, Canadian stand-up comedian, Lynn Shawcroft? And she had the greatest story where she took a class, I think it was at the Groundlings, and she like got in trouble, quote unquote, because the only thing she could think of as an action to do on stage is fold towels. So no matter what was happening, she would just be standing there. She would just stand there flipping her hands like that and then putting a towel in a shelf and the teacher's like lynn we're in a restaurant you have to do something else (laughs) she was folding napkins why can't she it really does work in any setting but isn't that i would love to know what my like under the gun panic action would be of like nothing well i can tell you actually because i did take i got tricked into taking an improv class once Mm -hmm. i went with my friend and in my mind i was like i'll just audit and sit in the back and then the teacher the great chris barnes Mm -hmm. um improv teacher from second city he was like no auditing you have to get in there and so i was like uh and it's my nightmare i mean yeah. a control freak um extraordinaire Wait, that, that was my nightmare too because it's like all all you do all your life is don't act stupid don't act stupid don't act stupid and they get to an improv class and it's like act stupid it's the it's I- hard the idea that well it's it's act according to what's actually happening as opposed mm-hmm. to not acting stupid which is well i'm just talking about the fucking warm-ups those alone <laughs> oh my god so uncomfortable they're the nerdiest it's like they're trying to break you emotionally uh-huh. before you go into starting a scene like yeah zip zaps up is is oh a soul-crushing god. experience okay so you had to go you couldn't audit <sighs> so then the first 
It was so bad. I was really mad. And uh, I felt like one of those people that goes with the friend to the cult meeting and then gets in totally indoctrinated into the cult. Um, but the first scene I was in, I was like, I think my panic action is flipping hamburgers because I stood there. That was what I started with. And then the guy walked into the scene um, from the like stage left. Uh-huh. And then as he walked in and started asking me questions, I slowly turned my back to him. <laughs> And you're the hamburger like maker that doesn't want to talk to his coworker. Yep. Yeah, and Chris Barnes is like, Karen, Karen, wh- um, what do you do? You have to acknowledge that a person's on stage with you. I was just like, oh, I thought that'd be funny if I turn my back. But you can't do that. I guess mine would be stirring a big pot of something. Sure. But that could look pornographic if you really. Or like uh, you're Streganona. There's so many options. Yeah. In the, uh, in the improv world. What's um? What's going what's on? What's up? What's up with, with you? I don't know. Just living <laughs> my life. Oh, I'm reading a really good book. I wanted to talk about. Okay. Are we? Is it too early to get into books? Hell no. Do you want to okay. restart the book club? <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you want to do the one-off book club? This is the book club meeting right now. If you, mm-hmm. the only people that get to come to this book club right now are the ones who, by chance, already read whatever book George is about to talk about. That's right. We're never going to talk about it again. This mm-hmm. is the one and only. You're never going to be required to bring cheese snacks to the fucking or make thing. small talk to people you don't actually know. They would never ask that of you. No. You know that. So I'm listening to this book called The Unquiet Dead by um, Ausma Zahanat Khan. I'm sure I said that wrong. It is gorgeous. It's a detective kind of whodunit. That's like the basics of it, but it takes place in Canada. And he, they're trying to solve the, the death of this person. Did he kill himself? Did he get killed? But the person turns out to maybe be a war criminal from the Bosnian War. Oh. And so it keeps, which I didn't know anything about. And so this book is like super, um, what's it called? Historical fiction. So it keeps telling me all these things about Sarajevo, the fall of Sarajevo and the Bosnian War from the nineties that I had no idea about. It's so beautifully, like heart wrenchingly written and it's incredible i'm like obsessed with it and it's like the perfect true crime book but also you learn something yes that sounds really I good love it. i love it and i guess there's like a whole slew of like this detective well i like that they're tricking you into learning i know isn't that fun <laughs> it's the, the best kind of book and then to, to like the counteract that i just watched the go-go's last night the go-go's uh, documentary i haven't seen it yet i was supposed to watch it with my friend luke um vivian westwood's number one fan luke womack Ooh. um and then but okay go ahead because i'll tell you i got into something else accidentally but you tell me about that no it was just really fun and great and i didn't realize like i don't think i was old enough to know the enormity of like what they did and yeah. the, they were the first and it's fucking fun it's a really fun documentary that's right because when they came out you would have been one but, yeah, <laughs> but I was eleven. Yeah, and it was right up my. I mean, they are oh, the Go Go like number one. When that Beauty and the Beat came out, me and I told the story on um, Josh Adam Meyer's podcast, the Five Hundred, but because we covered this album. Mm. Oh, right. I sat in 
um, my friend Nisha Benedetti, who uh, she was a year younger than me, and we did carpool together. And sometimes uh-huh. I'd go to their house after school, and she had gotten that album, and we put it. She put it on, and then we just sat there staring at the album cover, <laughs> and it was like a girl band, all girls yeah. singing girl songs about wrote girl their own feelings. songs, play their own instruments, yep. and then it's like the whole thing about how they got fame so quickly, and they had to go on tour, and how it like quickly drained them, and like it, it was. It's really good and fun, and I didn't realize how fucking punk they were before that. Yeah, that's how they started. It's hardcore LA punk. It's rad. It's really fun. Okay, so I was I really meant to watch that, but accidentally stumbled upon Love on the Spectrum, which is a series on Netflix. Did you watch it? No, but I know I want to. You have to. It is so good it's australian so we we already love australians and their whole chill vibe yeah so it's um australian adults who are on the spectrum in some way have asperger's or autism and um it's them trying to date and um they talk about how the social aspect of things is already hard and so then they have um like dating coaches and stuff and people that work specifically uh with people on the spectrum it's the best it's hilarious it's heartwarming the Pete, you love these people so much and you're so like the entire time i sat i was sitting forward like full body clench because i was so nervous for people as they were like it's just a yeah. beautiful beautiful thing to watch it's did great. it help you at all with like past relationships where you're like oh that's what was going on it wasn't like you know how we're we're so easy to be like he doesn't like me and you yes. know he can't stand me and then you later come to realize what was really going on and it wasn't about you you know Completely. definitely had those exes absolutely you know what it actually helped me with is this concept because just dating in general is so it feels to me at this point in life so like that's for the kids and I wouldn't yeah. really I, it's just like not my personality to you know can be like my five favorite things are this and that I, I just <laughs> right. can't. It's so uh, difficult to envision. Uh-huh. And that's basically what they walk through. And then you, it's all just about being willing to be vulnerable and uh-huh. also to keep boundaries where you're just like, it's just talking. You can figure out if you like someone as you go. You don't have to like, you yeah. don't have to qualify and they don't have to qualify. You're just kind of hanging out. The stakes aren't as high as you think they are, especially when you're young and it's like, you know, every relationship every date every text has so much yes. importance to it which it really doesn't it doesn't at all and it's all kind of like it's all part of one big story as opposed to mm-hmm. looking at it like oh this is this thing that's going to deliver me from whatever where it's like yeah. no no it can't you can't approach it that way but also just these people the people that they chose to be on the series are such compelling individuals and you love them and you root for them and it's just like it feels okay. good I watched, there's a new Marilyn Manson, nope, there's a new, (laughs) there's a new Charles Manson documentary. That is, that's a sin, Georgia, as a a person who's supposed to be some sort of true crime. That's right. You're supposed to be interested. But however, I've never really been into Charles Manson. No, we've already talked about him. But this fucking documentary, oh, it's on Hulu. It's called Truth and Lies, The Family. and it's, I didn't, it's really make, I didn't care about him. I had no interest in that whole story. This one is actually really fascinating and oh. good and tells you about his like shit about him as a child that you didn't know oh, so dark. about. It's really dark and well done. 
So if you're interested in that, I, I mean, even Vince is into it, which I'm surprised. It's really good. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. But they have like old photos of him and people who knew him talking. I mean, it's... So you're basically saying you're pro Charles Manson now? <laughs> no, I'm pro Marilyn Manson. Oh, got it, got it, got it. That's why anti. <laughs> right. <laughs> We've always been pro Marilyn. Okay, there's a sh- another show that I happened upon on Netflix. I've been spending my time very wisely lately it's called skin Mm -hmm. decision and it's all about Mm -hmm. it's basically like feel good plastic surgery reality tv you have to watch it it's so so it's not like botched that amazing show botched it's it's equal opposite botch so it's um so it's a plastic surgeon female plastic surgeon a female nurse esthetician who Uh is she often talks about she's like the number one injectables expert in the country amazing and then it's the people come in and they want things it's not all you know quote-unquote superficial it's like um the first woman there's somebody that has really really bad cystic acne scars Mm -hmm. there's someone um who had a bunch of gunshot wounds from a really from surviving a really terrible traumatic crime oh my god um it's they have all these different people. Then there's a woman who like got got herself sober and and stopped smoking, and she's like a beach lady. And yeah. they do these like they decide if it's going to be plastic surgery or if they, they can just do it with non surgical. Which they can do so much with non surgical now. It's okay, amazing. They can change the way your face is shaped. Yes, completely by, sh- by shooting sugar threads into under your skin. Oh, the threading. Yeah, it's fascinating. It is. I so haven't done that yet, and I. I mean, I probably won't. I've done, so I've done Botox and I've done filler and I'm a big fucking fan of it. If it makes you feel better about yourself, then why the fuck not? If you can afford it and you are mentally healthy and you're just trying to give yourself a boost. What the fuck? Who cares? It's nobody's business. Well, and so many, it's, it's a common thing and it's so many people do it. And yeah, it is that thing of like, it's almost like, I, I think this happens to women a lot. It's almost like you're, you think you're being forced to decide whether you're like a, an on camera person or an off camera person. Right. And, and if you're an off camera person, you're just not supposed to care about what you look like. And it's like, right. it should be, you should just always be aiming whatever it is for what feels right and good to you. That's definitely. All. There's something of like, accept yourself where you are, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, I am, but also this like 15 minute procedure of some needles will make me feel even better about yes, who I am. Totally. What's the fucking problem? If you have that kind of scratch, Jesus. I yeah. mean, but there was one woman who who came on and she it was like that thing where she was trying to say, I in no way want like plastic quote unquote plastic surgery. No one thinks that yeah. Yeah. But then she had the like hereditary kind of waddle on oh, her neck that yeah. was driving her crazy and making her feel terrible. And yeah. then when she got the procedure, like the difference was insane. Yes. It was yes. amazing. Okay. Such a satisfying show. uh, It's called Skin Decision. And it's just one of they. it's such it's smartly produced reality because it's about a superficial thing. And then they bring it to people who. Yeah. It it makes a huge difference in their life in some way. And it's really beautiful. It's beautiful. And then these women are beautiful that do it. And they're so talented and smart. And it's just cool. Okay. I'm into it. I'm there. It feels. I'm there and I'll probably be on it next season. (laughs) Uh, What are you texting? No, I'm looking at something else. Oh, there's something else I wanted to tell you about that Vince just bought. Vince likes Vince likes to buy weird shit online. Sure. Um, 
he bought, okay, there's this record label called Terror Vision. And they um, put out a lot of like... um, Do you mind if I lightly dry my hair as you tell me the story? Please. They released like obscure movie soundtracks on vinyl. So like movies you watched as a kid and weird horror movies and shit. So they released um, an album of Unsolved Mysteries (gasps) music. So it'll be like... It'll be like they have a they have a whole song for Bigfoot music. They have a whole song for alien invasions. There's a whole song that they always use for fucking Loch Ness monsters. Oh. And so it's all this creepy old eighties music. They have the, the beginning sound music and the end of the episode. And it's just like this weird background music to have in your house. I'm obsessed with it. Is the Loch Ness monster music does it have a little bit of bagpipes? Just like a touch of distant it, bagpipes? It better. <laughs> Is all I'm saying. Is all I'm saying. But it's like actual music from Unsolved Mysteries that they got the rights to. Amazing. Terror Vision? Terror Vision. Yeah. How cool is that? That's the best. Yeah. Visit that website. Okay. So I got this tweet the other day. I think it was two days ago um, from Lily Lynn. Uh, she's at, at Epically Yours on Twitter. She said, um, Karen, you've probably gotten this recommendation before, but just in case, check out Cardinal. It's a Canadian procedural. Um, dark and beautiful so i go on there because um it was it's apparently my job to watch every television show ever made now (laughs) and uh i think it's i think it ended up being on hulu uh or amazon i can't remember but anyway uh, it's called cardinal if you liked the killing did you watch the killing killing. do you remember the guy that played the mayor He's no. kind of like it. He had dark hair, short, and he was super cute face, a little older. No. Okay, so that I'm guy. Sure perfect. That guy is. The, <laughs> <laughs> he's the lead in Cardinal. Um, it's so good. What's it about? About like cardinals and shit? Car- <laughs> yep. He's a bird. The cardinals? He's a big red bird and he's too proud and he's going to get his comeuppance. <laughs> no. He is uh, a detective and his um, French Canadian part- new partner who's a young woman um, is actually secretly investigating him because <gasps> they think he might be a corrupt cop and <laughs> They basically, he had been working on a missing young woman case, a missing indigenous young woman case, and they never found her. And then it's 12 years later and they find her body in the ice. And that begins a new investigation. And it's so sometimes, and I'm sorry to tell you this, Canada, but every once in a while, a show will come on and I'll say this was made in Canada. It's it just has a feel. And and of course, you know, when they say, I'm so sorry that it was made in Canada. Sure. Cardinal is a police procedural that could compete with any that you love that's on TV right now. It's the actors are great. This this season one storyline was like unbelievable. And there's three seasons. And that guy as a lead is um, I should. Why don't I look people's names up beforehand? Because you usually know them. I do, actually. But this guy is um, because he was like the one of the main people in the killing. You, you've seen him yeah. in tons of stuff. Wait, no, I know him. He's my best friend. Okay. <laughs> I and him, I would know him. You've always loved him. You wrote him that letter. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> I do. It's I do. Billy Campbell is his name. Oh. And, uh, he. You yeah. know him from such movie and movies and TVs as the Rocketeer. Let me see. 
the J Lo film enough. Oh wait, here, sorry. Oh, so not- this guy. He he kind of looks like a model, but he also looks worried. <laughs> here, a worried model. The best a model. Kind. Emotion model. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. he didn't have a beard in the killing. He's he's like he looks yes, like a, an yes. old young guy. He looks like an yes. old. Yes, I totally know. He looks about. like a high school student that got put through a weird machine. They yeah. are like, what, what happened? You're yeah. You seem eighteen and 50. he needs to go. He needs to go on skin fix or whatever. <laughs> no, no, no. He's like beautifully salt and pepper age. Okay, but he just has like a almost like um. <laughs> this is not a compliment. No, no, Even no, though I find it. this man, of course, very he's like a standard leading man. He's of course yeah. very attractive, but he also a little bit looks like Jughead. And that's <laughs> I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to nag him. I'm just trying to describe him for people who are trying to think of who this is. Billy someone Campbell. comments at Billy Campbell. Someone commented on a tweet that I wrote and just said this I do not mean this in a negative way, but you there's a hippo in my Animal Crossing zoo <laughs> that looks like you. <laughs> I would never, I would shut that laptop and never open it again. I kind of got it. I kind of was fine with it. You know, like the hippo in a, in a tutu that yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick Terry kind. made? It's just like, yeah, I guess I could see that. You know, big, big eyes and all this. Did, it, did the hippo have a short black bob? I didn't see it. I'm oh. taking this person's word for it. That's really I'm funny. Any tweet that starts, it. don't take this the wrong way. I'm like, <laughs> mute, then block, then report. Uh huh. Report to the CIA. Speaking of reporting to the CIA, <laughs> should we do it exactly right? Well, you know how our, because basically our um, podcast network is a front for the CIA. Right. So uh, it is, it's the perfect cover. Good idea. It's the perfect cover. Yep. No one will ever know. No. So let's do a quick rundown of what you can find this week on the Exactly Right Network. Beautiful. Kick it off. Um, sure. Okay. We have Murder Squad is covering the unsolved 1998 murder of Rita Hester, who was an active member of the transgender community whose death inspired Transgender Remembrance Day. So that's a really important episode. Cool. That's very cool. This podcast will kill you um, is doing Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever. Which is good. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bananas has Francesca Ramsey on. She's from MTV's Decoded and The Nightly Show. She's hilarious and lovely. Cool. The, uh, Steven, you and Sarah on the Percast have <gasps> Sterling Trap King Davis. <laughs> and- oh my God, I just donated money to him in his van. Yeah, he goes around the country uh, trapping cats and in, in, like helping cat communities around the U.S. What's his new cat's name, that the little white one that he just adopted? Alanis Muissette. I love it! I saw that and I was like, well, I'm giving you all my money. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Was he the best? Oh yeah, we've we've hung out before in person whenever he comes out for CatCon. He's the sweetest guy. Him and Nathan are just like the coolest dudes, yeah. Say hi for Nathan me. the cat lady. Nathan um, the cat lady. I love it. And awesome. then the fall line, this is important, they begin their newest um, series called Florida's Missing and Murdered. And it's going to be about two murdered women, both members of Jacksonville's LGBTW community. It's an important season that they're uh, coming up with. Yeah, I can't, so I can't sure wait to hear that. That's, that's please subscribe, cool. like, subscribe, comment. What is it? Uh, yeah, you were right. All three. 
Um, and then this week's uh, I Said No Gifts starring Bridger Weiniger has the great Chris Fairbanks on it. Chris was like over the moon after Yay. he did that. He said he had the best time. I like that. Those two people are good people. That's a real great combination of people and of hair. Those are two oh, yeah. sides of hair that, uh, yeah. that really should meet and greet each other. Aggressively good hair. Yeah. Oh, also, just as an update, for the past almost two months, I would say, we've been, um, we had our MFM kind of logo pin that's black and white. Um, that's been for sale and all the proceeds are going to Beam, which is the Black Emotional and Mental Health Collective. And you guys, we have raised, you guys have raised $17,500 for Beam. Um, so thank you so much for all of those purchases and all that support. It's, uh, we're super excited to be able to give them such a nice big check. It's really exciting. Thank you guys so much for supporting them and for supporting us, supporting other people. It's really supportive. We're going to pick a new org to donate to soon. So um, there's going to be more pins for sale. Yeah. Also on the fan call, there um, the video this week is the video of Karen and Steven giving me my birthday presents <laughs> from last week. So you can actually see me cry. Is it crying if the tears don't spill out of your eyes? No, that's Real Housewives of Orange County. Oh, shit. That, I'm from Orange County. Maybe I know. That's why I can't it's cry. Perfect. Now you just need tell Vince that you need one of those diamonds that takes up the whole lower half of your finger. <laughs> Okay. And then you can cry by going like that and getting your diamond into the into Damn the shot. It. So they need to they need to spill over to be a real cry. Okay, I mean, we'll get look, in there. very. There's not a ton of real crying in media these days. I think a lot of it is glycerin. I think a lot of it mm. is um, hot pepper to the right to mm. the corner, right before <laughs> it rolls. With some menthol. We'll oh. I want to mention, and for some reason we haven't talked about the new season of Search Party, season three of Search Party that came out like a month ago, because I wanted to give a shout out. It's really good. It's another great season. Um, but this season, the, there's a lawyer on it played by a woman named Shalita Grant. And she, this character is so incredible and she is so funny. She's like kind of like a Kardashian acting type of yeah. lawyer and it's like fucking Emmy worthy. I'm she's just incredible. So oh, if you want to see watch it. season three and I mean you should just binge the whole fucking show. It's so good. Search and party it, is the best. And this season is like everyone plays their character so well. It's like every single cast member is fucking bringing everything they have to it. I love it so much. That's great. Ooh, so that's a good wreck. You should definitely watch Search Party. Because I've uh, run out of everything on on Netflix. I think I've honestly watched every... I was watching a show about the universe at 4 o'clock this morning. Please. You can't know. I, <laughs> I know it's all lies. There's nothing to know. It's all a simulation. Here's what's interesting, though. Because I do remember in college, I got really drunk at a party one time. My sister got mad at me because I kept saying, is it our moon or is it everybody's moon? And no one had the answer. <laughs> that was a great question. <laughs> drunk Karen. 
not I one fucking it. person. Everyone's like, "What?" I'm like, "You're all so ignorant here." It's is it our moon or is it everyone? No, and honestly, no. Every I think people are actually getting mad because they didn't know the answer. So it's like I'll stop yelling yeah. it when you tell me the answer. So anyway, I feel like that's one of the conversations that if I like liked true crime, if I had heard you talking about it across the party and hadn't known you, I would run over and be like, "That's a great question." This is we have to find out. And also pre pre internet, we would have had to find out by right. like going to the library or whatever. But here's what I learned last night that was actually genuinely like I sat up and watched it. Here's how we got the moon back when the Earth was like still cooling or whatever. Uh An asteroid hit the Earth. The Earth? Yeah. And actually like in one day it spun it around. It was egg shaped for a little bit. And then some of the debris that came off the the Earth. I don't know if it was cooling or not. But Are you sure you weren't just watching the beginning credits to um, Third Rock from the Sun? <laughs> it did look exactly like it. <laughs> but essentially, that got it. That's I think that's what they said. It either got knocked off the asteroid. No, it was a piece of the Earth that got knocked off. I think that's what it was. Anyway, Listen, moon doctors, please comment and tell us. What's important is that I was paying close attention and I took the time to convey non-information to you. I had I thought I had the answer. It's the reason I was telling this whole story. It was because I'm pretty sure it was p- part of Earth that then just was part of the debris that then everything else was too weak and got knocked out of orbit and then it was just the moon and the Earth. Millions of years they later. want you. That's what the CIA wants you to think. <laughs> <laughs> but really, it's I fell for it. We're in a fucking John Lithgow vehicle. Was it John Lithgow? It was. Yeah, it was John yeah. Lithgow, Kristen Johnson, and jo- Joseph. Cute Gordon little Levitt. Joseph Gordon Levitt. That's Matt McCarthy's joke. But yes, it is. It's it was a really cute show. French, Fr- Stuart French. French Stewart. Yeah. Whoa. Well done. Point. Well done. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's Can't miss show. the fourth family member of aliens. That's right. I think the thing that bothered me about that show is that I don't like aliens at all. And then that idea of like, oh, I don't want to watch people act like aliens. That's it felt cute. like it kind of felt like a, a improv class exercise. Of like, definitely all four were, of you are yes. from a different. They were all on an improv team yeah. and they decided to make a show out of it. But they were but good. Jane, Jane Curtin's on it, which is like, she's the best. It was she's, a cast of superstars, hands yeah. down. I'm not arguing. The performances made it happen. I well, just I want to fight about it. Okay. <laughs> Can we talk really quickly about your chair? And how loud it is? It's getting louder. I know. I know. Actually, it's like getting louder and louder through, like, through the quarantine. Oh, okay. Um, I think I just need to burn it in the backyard. It's a rickety wooden chair. I don't know what I was thinking. We need to get we need to get sponsored by like a really nice office furniture company. God, I wish Office Depot was still open. <laughs> um, Stephen, are you? Do you hear it? Yeah, it has been getting a little louder. Guys, for sure. Guys, stop attacking me. First of all. What's unfair about this whole conversation <laughs> is that this exact I did never not funny Jimmy Pardo and Matt Belknap's uh-huh. podcast, and someone goes, "Does somebody have one of those ball clocking things on there?" And then I was like, "Oh wait, sorry, that's me." So when I get like I get an idea and I just start getting start get scooting around in my seat, we'll get. You, let's get you. I feel like we could we could use the exactly right uh, money bank card. What do we have a money bank? <laughs> we could use the exactly right um what are they called petty cash to buy you a nice chair oh good idea i'm gonna submit right? a form to danielle and see what do she it. says Steven, yeah do you need a nice chair Stephen? i actually do need a new office chair because it's like 
Everyone's side. Guys, let's get those ones that are like aerodynamic and they're, <sighs> they're black net and they're like yeah. really high back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'll put one All of those right. cab driver uh, beads things down the back yeah. of it. So we stay. <laughs> I just need one of those, like, you know, those hus- they call them husband loungers, like the big pillows that have the armrests. Sure do. Remember that like those. my grandma used to you read her fucking Diane Steele novels. <laughs> Danielle Steele. Um, thank you. Yes. No, no, Diane Steele. She's a, she's a different she's, person. Oh, she t- it was recipe books mostly. That's right. <laughs> Me and my sister got those for Christmas one year, different colors, but same thing. And we carried them around. They were so comfortable and fun. Yes. Okay, I'm getting one. You could lean anywhere and watch TV or like, you know, make I any it. place. Your that and then remember those like they'd have the like clipboards, but like the, there'd be like a bead pillow padding underneath them. Yes. You could like write on the clipboard, but like put it comfy. Never mind. Right. Because so it would shape, it would shape to your, <laughs> it right. would shape to your lap. Right. So you right. could really clipboard anywhere. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into, whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve. The key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines. And June's journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Should we do some Q&A? Let's do Q&A. That's so fun. So in our fan call, we had a bunch of people. We just said, ask us questions. Do you want me to go first? Do you want me to go first? Um, let me look. 
Oh, this is a good kickoff because we always love talking about food and it's easy to talk about. Mm-hmm. Easy, fun. This is a good icebreaker. Yeah. Some of mine are fun and easy. Some of mine are interesting and thoughtful. Right. I think, Let's yeah, we, have a, we yeah. have a really good mix. I think everyone did a great job. Hello, dear friends. I've never met smiley face with punctuation. Do you like the chips on sandwich combo? And if so, what combo do you like? Mm. I have two, which I love. They're asking a question and ans- giving their own answer. Great. Good job. Great. Bologna with Doritos. Ooh. Never even considered it. I haven't thought which about Which kind? Bologna. Like Cool Ranch or no. Nacho? I'd say not. that got to be Nacho. Okay. Because you need a strong... Bologna yeah. is so medium to Cool Ranch is bland. Yeah. Okay. Cool okay. Ranch would just be like a little bit of salad dressing on there. Yeah. Right? Okay, what's her, yeah. But that's a Definitely. strong opinion. No, I, I basically said no, that's wrong about it entirely conceptual idea. <laughs> Hi. Hi, if you wondered what it's like to be friends with me. Or turkey with ruffled chip. Absolutely. That's it. Those are great. One. Those are both great. Mine is Oh wait, sorry, can sh- I finish it? Yes. Some people call this hillbilly lettuce. <laughs> and then That's they wrote, ha, huh, thank you for everything. Rachel from Cincinnati. Rachel from Cincinnati. Rachel. Well done. Strong at the top. Solid. Fucking good question. Icebreaker. It's conversational. It's genuinely interesting. Plus my Aaron, mouth is watering. Georgia. You can, ask, you can ask this on a date. Yeah. <laughs> This is your date question. I, and I'm going to have it written it. on a piece of paper next to Hi. me. <clears throat> and I'll say it real fast um, right when we sit down at the table. So it's as awkward as possible. Do you like bologna and Doritos? <laughs> and then just start crying. There was a moment where the, per- the, the Mike, who is one of the great, great human beings on this planet, who's one of the people you follow in the story. He goes on a date with this girl and he's asking oh, yeah. her questions like he had practiced and he's doing mm-hmm. great. He's really doing great. Are they both on the spectrum? Like the people who are they dating? Are, yeah. Just, Cause wow, they, okay, me- they meet at a, um, like a speed dating thing Mixer. for people. Oh, yeah. Um, cool. so she suddenly just kind of shuts down and starts staring around and then he's like um or and he like asks another question that she goes excuse me and then just gets up and then it's like as she's walking away she tells like you can hear her tell a producer i can't i'm having anxiety i can't and i i was just like oh my god that's so me it's so <laughs> just me like too. mid-conversation you're like uh, sorry, this just peaked for me and I have yeah. to go. I have yeah. to go. I can't. This just re- reminded, this one word you used reminded me of this specific fucking thing in my childhood that just made me real sad. And now I can't fucking do this anymore. Goodbye. And, and as I, as it's happening to me, I am highly conscious of how yes. I'm leaving this moment with yes. you. And I know with you think I'm weird. on yes. me, but I just need to get out of here. Please let me oh get out God. of here. And I know it's not allowed and I know I'm in trouble and I know I'm oh. bad. I'm bad, I'm bad, I'm bad, I'm bad. I'll never leave the house again. Goodbye. Okay. Okay. What? Tuna sandwiches with salt and vinegar chips. Ooh. uh, That is my fucking... Ooh, I love it so much. That's number one. That That sounds perfect. What kind of bread are you putting that on? Well, I'm talking about like a a Jersey Mike's or like a deli sandwich. A hero? A a hoagie? A hoagie, like deli sandwich style with fucking salt and vinegar chips. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds Salt so good. Salt and vinegar good. chips are my favorite fucking chips. But if you eat like 50, you're ruined. Your, Your mouth is ruined. <laughs> you're punished. <laughs> What's yours? What's yours? You're self-punished. Um, God, I have to... Well, first of all, this makes me think of my friend Don Frazier, who used to put her French fries on her Big Mac. 
which I never thought of doing. And I watched her do it. And I think she said something along the lines of like, learn, let me teach you how to live type of thing. And she bit into it. (laughs) I don't know if I like that though, because I like having a side of things and they're both so good on their own. You don't need them together, but chips had like a nice crunch yeah. That you wouldn't get just for oh, I'm on fucking cooking channel again. <laughs> what, sorry, what do um those salt and vinegar chips? They add a nice layer of crunch. Have you ever had ice an ice cream sundae with fucking salty crunched up potato chips on top? No. That is good. I thought you were I, I've had that on cooking channel. Have you really? Unique, yeah, on unique sweets there was this like in Brooklyn, there was this like um old school diner, like cutesy Sunday shop, and yeah. they would crush potato chips on top of a sundae. It was fucking incredible. Hot fudge? Hot fudge sundae. Shit. Salty fucking like plain potato chips on top. That is... That's epic right there. My mouth is watering My mouth so is hard. Water, and I think partially it's ta- even just talking about salt yeah. and vinegar chips yeah. makes my mouth water yeah. almost defensively. Um, I think I would have to say though um, for a chip combo situation, I'm so plain. I just love... A turkey sandwich that I I pick her suggestion, which is turkey with a ruffle mm-hmm. um, deli sandwich. Ruffles okay. are extra salty. So they're mm-hmm. there. The, the chip salt is happening, but then they're going to bring some salt to the rest of the sandwich. They're that salty. And yeah. how about a nice club sandwich with um, barbecue potato chips? I feel like club sandwiches are already too spiky yeah. and crunchy yeah. in and of themselves. There's too much going on already. You need the softness of like a nice shredded up deli turkey, mm. some like Swiss in there, and then boom, a big fat ruffle. And you know what? I'm here if for it. The rest of that, and of course, a nice dill pickle on there. Mm. But you could also get a ruffle. Have you ever had um, cheddar and sour cream ruffles? Yeah, they're like so decadent. good. They're like, <gasps> I always look at them and go like, no, don't. That's just crazy. Yeah, it's not what you want. Stick and then, those on there. Man, I miss going to parties where they would have fucking sour cream and onion dip. I miss it yeah. so much. Or okay. like a, at the end of the night, that bowl of ruffles where Ugh. there's 17 left and they're all sobbing and have beer on them. And, and eight people's <laughs> fingerprints all over them. Oh, back, it's back when fingerprints insane. wouldn't kill you. But you're starving because your friends don't know how to throw a party because they don't order any. They order six pizzas and there's yes. like 50 people there. Okay. Yep. Let me see. You um, have to be there for the first two hours to get pizza. Right. Exactly. All right. So. Great job, Rachel. Should we go to another food one or should I go to like a, I change a serious it up one? Because I can't. My mouth will be too full of spit. That's true. Okay. Um, hi, Murder Pals. Hi. Hope you're all doing well. I was wondering, will you feel comfortable touring again when, if things open back up love love you all thank you for all you do ssdgm chelsea r chelsea r my answer is yes yeah it's just that it's so mysterious as to when that could be and what it would look like when it does happen but who knows i think we're not going to be the first wave or the second wave of people doing things again i feel like we'll be ninth wave You know, yeah, we're gonna be yeah. like it's the double Dutch of touring where we're like, uh huh, yeah, mm-hmm. keep going. We refuse to be the people like on the evening news in fucking St. Louis where they're like, these two podcasters got everyone in yeah. the fucking theater sick because they decided it'd be a great idea to have a live show. It, it's, um, I would love to be so selfish as to be like, it'll be fine, we'll all be fine, but then if yeah. it's not, that's the worst, so. Right. So, so yeah, so the answer then is yes in 2028. 
See you yeah, then. We'll see you in 2028. I don't think. Her. I think the soonest we would tour again is probably depending on how things go. Fall's gonna fall's out for sure this fall. Winter's gonna be out because then some people get sick again. So if things, if you guys all, wear, if everyone wears their masks and your parents don't act like it's a fucking fake thing and everyone behaves, then maybe by next summer, if things are going well, we would start to slowly tour again. That's the dream. That's the dream. Right? That's the dream. That's yeah. what we want. No, that's a good, that's the plan. Um, just put my hand into a thing of hand lotion as if we're not doing something right now. What? You're going to put hand lotion on right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Put right. it on your creaky old chair. Give that thing some lube. <laughs> Come on. It's a very dry room. Both the chair if, and I are creaky. What if there's for instead of all this meowing at the end of the podcast, it's your chair creaking. Say goodnight, chair. <laughs> I like this one. Normally, normally I don't want to talk about stuff like this because it's conceptual and boring. It's like talking about your dreams. But mm-hmm. this is something I think about obsessively. And it's this. And this is from Lemon Sublime. And they ask, if you could have exactly one five minute conversation with your pets, what would you talk about? Oh, my God. Who would I pick? Okay, you go. Do you have one? Yes. A hundred percent. Because I actually do ask them this all the time. I want to know where they were born, Aww. how quickly their parents bailed on them. If they ha- the thing I love to ask George is, did you have brothers and sisters? <laughs> and I just try to picture these dogs because I don't like I think both Frank and George were strays. So yeah. they like George was found almost starving with mange running around the streets of Hemet, California. <sighs> um, so I'm always like, what happened? Because she looks like she's she looks like she has fancy dog in her. So uh-huh. it's like, did your like did your pedigree mother uh yeah. you know have an affair a the neighbor dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's some stray was it a lady in the tramp situation yeah um and then how long were you alone and and oh, like what are you happened? happy now yeah. yeah don't you think it's better now that you have your own room <laughs> you have your own fucking king size <laughs> you, um what's it called mattress yep. casper mattress <laughs> you have a podcasting mattress you jerks you isn't jerks. that better than the streets stop eating food off the counter yeah, I just want to know their life story uh, from a young age. I love that. I would like to know Mimi's as well. And I'm thinking, like, I already talked to Elvis, and I'm pretty sure we're communicating on the same level. So, sure. like, I don't need to talk to him. But Mimi, I just want to be like, I want to communicate to her that she is safe. And <laughs> just because I love the other cats doesn't mean she's going to die. And I'm, you know, and I have ne- and tell her how I've never hurt her in her fucking life. So if I'm walking towards her, she doesn't need to fucking freak out and run away. I will never hurt her. I would like lay down in front of a car for her. Yeah. Just kind of calm her and, and figure out why she's so, so um mean and angry <laughs> could it be that her mouth is so small so tiny she, she's mad about it it could be like just because i pet dotty doesn't mean there's less pets for her <laughs> but they don't exist that doesn't exist in my life you know and like she doesn't and also she doesn't need to bite me so hard when she's hungry mm-hmm. it's not and then whatever she wants to say to me i'll listen do you so. you listen with an open heart and open ears yeah, but I have a feeling it's she's not gonna. It's not gonna be good. It. No, she's gonna be like, there was that one time you walked 
toward me kind of fast. <laughs> right. And I'd like an apology for that. <laughs> that one time I stood underneath you and you accidentally stepped on my tail. Now I don't trust you anymore. And it's been 11 years. You did that. <laughs> you did that. That's a cute question. I like yeah, that. Yeah, good job. Um, okay, this one says, do you ever miss recording in the pod loft in George's apartment? Old apartment. Um, I used to pretend I was drinking canned wine sitting on a couch with you when I was listening back in the early days. Aww. That's the and that's Hannah, Hannah from Michigan. Hi, Hannah. Hannah, good question. I actually just was writing a little essay about that and how much everything has changed since my first apartment we were recording in mm -hmm. and then the pod loft and then the office that doesn't exist basically anymore oh, and how yes. I really loved it felt like this like cozy cave that we used to record in, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was what great. It was great. Yeah. No, I definitely miss the pod loft. I, I have to say, though, the one I miss the most is the first apartment. It was just so kind of, um, it was like watching it all become real in front of our eyes. There was mm -hmm. a very fascinating experience. Like once we were into month four and we were, mm -hmm. it was that thing where we were both realizing people were paying attention. Yeah. Uh, you know, I honestly just thought we were going to be doing this and like just be entertaining each other right so then it was right. kind of like as things would kick up um i just remember staring at that like the dresser that your tv was on or mm -hmm. like you know looking at you but also looking at the sliding glass door behind your head yeah. while we we're it was like you know you have this many I, listeners or some kind of big news every week there was like a new like did you see this did you hear this person listens? Did you say like it was? Yeah, it was surreal, and it was yeah, it was doing it from a like rent controlled little janky apartment yep. in Hollywood that so has no air conditioning. <laughs> no air conditioning. The neighbors were grilling outside of my window. Essentially, <laughs> remember that? Yeah, and there was the guy that played the video game that you could hear. <gasps> I forgot about him. Yep. Remember the ghost train from the pod lot? Yes. And then sometimes we lived above the tennis court. So there's like a dude playing tennis. <laughs> Julian McCullough playing tennis. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's right. He was our neighbor. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like we have, I'm like kind of bummed because I feel like my house, I was really hoping we'd move into this house and there'd be like a perfect spot that I could convince you because I think you love the, going into the office. Well, it was just so fun to have an office. It was just yeah. like, and also I knew the sound would be great, that there wouldn't be yes. trains, right. planes or automobiles to worry about, you know, I, and I just liked the fact that it matched the reality of what, where yeah. we were, that felt right yeah. to me. I think I just like being more casual. I think the more casual, the more like, like right now I'm fucking lounging on a couch in two short shorts you know, mm -hmm. lazy, like makes it feel more, more like, le like less important and less like, you know, dire that we get something good done. It's just like two friends. <laughs> when have you ever felt that pressure? <laughs> <laughs> My entire fucking life! <laughs> <laughs> breakthrough. It's a breakthrough episode. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I feel like, I feel like when we come out of COVID, we're going to, the lease is up on our, on our uh, office we're going to find a new space and this time we can actually like plan a room around just us podcasting where we both get what we want out of it. And Stephen can maybe have a nice chair if he um, wants. I don't know. That's, um, that's <laughs> no promises. Crazy. No promises. No promises. <laughs> okay. This is simple and easy from um, Lori KB. 
candy corn or Valentine conversation hearts? Oh, candy corn. Candy corn, easy. Dude, it's so good. That other shit tastes like medicine. Candy pumpkins, candy corn uh, pumpkins, uh, right? Any of it. I love I, the people that don't like that. I feel like they're just they're just saying that to make me feel bad because I love <laughs> Harvest Mix is oh the bomb yeah. and Dude. also it really is just little piles of sugar. Sugar you get high off that shit if you have sugar a handful like of Harvest Mix. Crushed animal bones, which is sad when you think about but it. But good for your nails. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that was okay, nice. That was a good one. Look, if the Harvest Mix people could put a little message at the bottom of each pumpkin, it wouldn't hurt. It, oh. I love the con- the conversation heart concept, but yes, me too. I love conversation hearts. I don't want to eat. It's like a fortune cookie. I fucking love fortune cookies. Nobody fucking eats them. Those, that's a wasted calorie cookie. Yeah, that's right. That's Come right. Come on. Also, you um, just stuffed yourself full of Chinese food. Like, good luck. Oh, so good. Okay. Da, 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 da. Let's see. Easy or harder? Another quickie. Another quickie. Okay. Would you rather live in a sailboat or RV? That's from <laughs> that's from Lori KB. That's a great question. Oh, Lori KB got two in a row. Oh, seriously? Yeah, she did conversation arts. But oh, she's good. She's good. She knows. Um, I can say right away. Uh, it is not safe to live on a sailboat. Um, <laughs> the ocean is not your friend. There's all yeah. kinds of things happening. There's no, you know, tidal waves on in RVs, as far as I know. And I have really fun, good memories um, from childhood. My friend Janet Nielsen's grandparents came one time, and they had one of those RVs that we were probably seven years old. Yeah, but it was like a three-story house kind of RV <sighs> where we were just Amazing. like the world. We got to drive. Her grandpa drove around while we just like played cards. At <laughs> Did the you guys go camping and shit? No, I think so. They- you're not. You're not allowed to do that anymore. You're not. You have to be strapped in when when it's moving now. That was the I 70s that, and 80s. That's a good idea. <laughs> I honestly think right now, and Vince and I have talked about this, if we didn't have cats or if we had more chill cats, we would be just in an RV traveling the country. Really? Yeah. And actually, I have really bad memories of it from childhood when my dad would get them for the summer and <laughs> it was just a nightmare of driving for fucking hours and where hours. Would you, where would you go to camp? He took us. He took us to Big Sur. We went to um, Grand Canyon. We went, he's gonna fuck it. I know he's gonna call me and be like, "Well, by the way, I, that really meant a lot to me, and I just wanted to teach you guys to ride." I know he's gonna be mad at me for saying how bad. And I know in the when I wrote about it in the book, and he's like, "I, I thought it was important learning experience." I'm like, "It was, but I don't like camping now." So, you know, you can go on Airbnb or whatever and rent. People are renting out their RVs for like a night or two at the beach now. Ooh, cool. that's smart. But sailboats, I would do sailboats if I could bring the cats, but then I would just get fucking seasick right now. I just think I love the concept. I think the people that do it are amazing and brave and yeah. cool, but I can think immediately of four different hideous stories of people yeah. that were like going around the world on a sailboat. Oh my God. In my mind, it's all dolphins meeting my dog that's on the fucking deck, <laughs> but it's not really like that. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> okay, you go. What about this? Oh, this is this is good and interesting and kind of what we talked about before. But of all the live shows you've performed, what's been your favorite venue and why? Venue. Where we've gone to. God, they're all and they they've all been like 90% of them have been fucking incredible. And when they're not incredible, it's funny because it's like, what is this place? Yes. I love those ones. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so many. There's like the tech the one in Texas. It was like the Toyota amphitheater. Yep. That was like the nicest place we've ever played. Yes. 
but then there's like the Orpheum in LA, which means so much because it's your hometown. So it's like important. And that, that we could see, it was like house lights were up that whole show. Yeah. I remember seeing, there was someone in the audience that I thought was my friend. And then I found out later they didn't go. And I, the whole time I, I thought. that far. Yeah. It, it was like, but that's how house lights up. It was. Yeah. That yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, that and then, um, what's the one, the beacon in, um, New York. Oh, I mean that, that one's epic. So it yes. feels really important. The ones that feel like, Oh, I've heard of this place and I know that this is a big fucking deal. Oh, I mean, Jesus, the fucking Grand, Grand Ole Opry. Opry. Yeah. That's gotta be the one, right? I mean, that was like, but I felt so. I felt like truly starstruck by the building in this uh-huh. way that I felt like some, you know, I don't want Carrie Underwood to be mad at us. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had that feeling of like that we like, skipped the not. line. Yeah. So I felt in- so intimidated, but I mean, obviously proud that we could even fill it. And that audience was so great that night. I mean, that audience was incredible. That night we met backstage Glenn Campbell's daughter. Yes. Ashley Campbell, who's this incredible, who's also an incredible musician yep. now too, like following in her father's footsteps and she could not have been kinder. Yep. Other person I met that night, remember? Yep. Was my, so my therapist, Kim, who I was with for two and a half years and then uh, took her own life out of nowhere. Um, her, uh, like her niece-in-law contacted me and was like, I was listening to the podcast and I heard you talk about Kim and I had to pull over and I couldn't believe it. I'm going to bring Kim's mom to the show. And so she came backstage and we got a hug and talk and yeah, that was it was great. really, 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 um, it felt powerful and deep and incredible. So yeah, I guess that's the, that's the show. There was also that uh when we were in Anaheim, right? No, no, no. It was the first time we played Las Vegas and it was the Red Rocks um resort, uh, yeah. which was we had those <laughs> unbelievable oh rooms. God. Our rooms had like we had mini swimming pools on the decks. It was crazy. It was It was best. three sizes bigger than my apartment. It was like it was hotel. It had three bathrooms. It was, yeah, it was like something from Cribs. It was crazy, yes. and the view was to the mountains. Yes. It was gorgeous and amazing. And then we went down into that room, and it was a little bit like you're saying. It wasn't a standard, um, like venue room. It was like a, um, it was conference. It was almost like a banquet oh, hall. Yeah. It felt like two <laughs> wedding banquet halls merged together, and then where they took the in. like. The like an accordion wall. Yeah. And so, and there was like carpeting on the ground, and then people were in just kind of like banquet seats. And that audience was on fire. There was something about the kind of like, we're just going to, we're going to make a show. My dad's got a stage. You bring your chairs. Like it had that feel. But that, I remember walking on stage and it was like better than concert venue. Like the audience was doing something. Maybe it was just the Vegas thing. Do you know what I think it might be too is when we go to places that are like vacation destinations instead of like people's hometowns, then everyone who's there is on vacation. On vacation, yes. So everyone feels stoked and excited and loose and free and having a good time for days. (laughs) That's so true. So maybe that's what Vegas does. Yeah. Like when we do Vegas. Because also I feel like that's the vibe in San Diego. Like people maybe come from out of town to go. Yeah. Because then we can. Santa Barbara. When we did Santa Barbara, that was like that too. There was, but then there was also in um i loved pittsburgh 
I loved Pixar. Oh, yeah. What's the one with um, where Paps is from? Milwaukee? Milwaukee. Yeah. Milwaukee, we've been to twice, and that has always been. And there's, oh. the people at the show are so generous. They gave us Harley Davidson leather jackets that at was the venue. Yes, that's right. That's the Riverside <gasps> Theater, right? In, um, They're so incredible. Yeah. That staff is the best. They treated us like straight oh up rock stars. It was yeah. crazy. And yeah. I mean, they did a whole like, like, like a whole spread of food that was like murder themed. It was incredible. Yes. And we're always just, we could just sit here and do this. I know, I know, okay, when okay. have we been treated badly? When has the audience not been the greatest? But like, we're also just always surprised that people know who we are. Yeah. <laughs> are well, nice there's in the early days, in the early yeah. days when we were kind of by ourselves before Vince was our tour manager before, yeah. you know, we were totally, totally had it tightened up or whatever there was a couple yeah. of times where we were like you know yeah something yeah. but but never uh, once we hit the stage it was always yeah. just like the same thrilling feeling that and then the gifts we get backstage make us feel like we're at home like we belong there people there'll be like local treats and like this is our best fucking this is our donut shop that everyone loves or this is like the bakery and this is the beer and this is the kombucha and this is you know it's it's really cool i mean since this is a total like for for the listeners type of show anyway yeah. when you do yeah. q a because it's like we're being lazy right. but we do where it is the thing of like we truly and literally won the super lottery when it comes to listenerships and uh, the people who interact with the show and who are a part of this community we lucked out in a way it's crazy like every person is cooler than the last every person is funnier every person's more talented and crafty Mm -hmm. and like it's what wait wait i think i can answer this okay just uh so those are all the you know, those are like the, the top, top, top. We can yeah. do this. I could honestly do yes. this for hours. Yeah. Um. But that fucking theater, I can't remember now. I, Toronto. I can ask, the Toronto I can theater. Uh-huh. Um, Stephen, you were there. It was the one that oh, yeah. it's very kind of um almost like 60s modern. So it's like yeah. it looks like it got designed and built when it was like, check it out, a, a big amphitheater or whatever. So we were there a couple of nights, right? Yep. And we've done there a couple of times, too. Yes. And so you walk out and it was like, so it's really big. So it was one of the bigger audiences we ever had the first yeah. time we played it. And um, and then the audience was like. As if they were, it was like you couldn't write better responses for right. an audience and the way they were participating and enjoying the show. It was crazy. That's crazy. so true. That's the one. Sony Center. In Toronto? In Toronto, yeah. Sony Center nice. in Toronto. Yes, that, you were there. It's up there. And also, that's when we got um, backstage the meet and greet. Um, I believe that's the one where the woman brought, she made a sign that said, I shaved my face for this. Remember, we met her at the meet and greet. And she goes, I thought everything. Uh, for some reason, I thought everyone was going to have signs. And she was all like self conscious that she had brought that sign, which made me laugh. So, uh, I love it. We could do that. Um, I, could, I could honestly, and I would love to do this for two more hours. And also the Sydney Opera House, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had to get guided in because it's so uh, involved of how to actually get to the stage. I miss it. I really miss it. Here's here's one. Uh, Hi, friends. When was a time in your life you felt aimless? What helped you get through the day today during that time? Do you have any routines that help you feel ready to face the world? Thanks for being the good voices in my head during this time are... 
Yeah, Aimless. I did Aimless from age 18 to age 27. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's all I ever felt. Um, it was a constant, awful, uh, where are you going to get money? When are you going to have a career? What are you yeah. doing with your life? Are you seriously going to drink every minute of the day? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it went it went on and on. And as good things would happen in my life, they would absolutely be kind of like it. I could I didn't have a good enough practice to be like focusing on that and and doing other good things that like felt mm-hmm. good. It would be like, oh, I got you know. I get to do a set on a TV show. I'm not going to plan that set and right. I'm going to drink the night before. Just like insane bad so behavior. So like prove your point that you can't do anything right. Like almost like I got convinced that aimless was the way I had to be and I couldn't yeah. uh, graduate out of it. Um, which Was aimless comfortable in a way that was like, well, if you're aimless... Well, it's all I knew. It's all I knew. It wasn't yeah. like I knew a lot of people who were like, well, then I went to business school and then I did this and I got this blazer or whatever. And I was always like, oh, I don't want to do any of that. But I also have a terrible feeling about my future all the time. Yeah, I get that. I think for me, I think from like 27 on for me, like 27 to 30 something felt or like especially the late 20s felt really aimless. Like I didn't know what I want. The same exact thing. But I think for me, like the thing that got me out of that was thinking about was like this American life, listening to that made me feel so like hopeful and creative and wanting to like, it gave me a sense of like purpose and wanting to strive for something. Every fucking story was so beautiful and, and the, the journalism and the storytelling and the, like in Iron Glass is so incredible and just these beautiful pieces of like a picture of a life and it felt so inspiring to me oh you're cool. everyone's interesting different stories i so I, I think like radio lab and this american life are really instrumental in like helping me be creative that's actually interesting because i i think um the way i did it was thinking about the fact that this is my story so it's, it sounds very similar mm. um and this can and i kept i would ha- have to say to myself this can't be the story picture if this if somebody was watching a movie and you're the movie <laughs> this sucks like this is not fun to watch it's the yeah. same thing over and over again like do something else i think i got a sense of myself instead of just being being the the like right in myself freaking out and like kind of self-obsessed i somehow figured out that stepping out and looking at and then being like well i can't i'm not going to worry my way into something better i have to like do do different things i love that I looked for like spare change in old coat pockets for so long. Like, I think the aimless thing, I think a lot of like, if you're like writing that in and you're 25, don't worry about it because that's, you're supposed to have difficulties Uh and you're supposed to kind of like trudge through your early life so that you have experiences. So you smarten up and you get a sense of the world and how it works and that let people mentor you, let people teach you stuff. You're, this isn't American idol. You're not supposed to step out and like dazzle everybody when you're 25. No one expects Uh you to, you're not that smart. So give yourself a break and smarten up and like become a student of the world and don't worry about like the presentation because y- y- you need to like I think it's like 
I'm saying this as to as much to my like 24 year old self as anything else, but it's like, we all we're so results oriented, more so performance oriented, more so like selfie oriented social media style when actually like younger people should just be actually doing things like get a job somewhere and let someone tell you how to do a thing mm-hmm. and be and learn a skill, learn a trade, like experience life. Yeah. You have to experience that. And like, I feel like that I love the idea of being like, if I, it, is this chapter of my life, anything I'll ever want to write about one day Mm -hmm. or, you know, and if it's not, then, then make sure you're experiencing things, making friends, having relationships, doing meaningful things for yourself. That so when you look back on it in 10, 20 years, you're proud of the amount of experiences you were racking up. I think right for me, like writing a blog really helped because I always wanted something interesting to write about. So even if I was terrified about online dating, I could be like, well, I'm going to fucking blog about it. So it's okay. You know, and it was, it was like a fun experiment instead of, you know, just a stagnant life. Yeah. And it's also, you have to remember, it's the judgment about it. Like, what if you were just the most aimless person? Like, if you're worried about being aimless, be extraordinarily aimless. Like, go (laughs) discover what that actually means, as opposed to, oh, you're just not a lawyer yet, like your parents told you you should be, or whatever expectation that you're setting on yourself to, to judge yourself. Instead, you know, open the door a little wider, maybe, for yourself and... And maybe you're not supposed to figure out what you're, what you want to do with your life, your partner, any of that shit until you're 40. Why do you have to be fucking, or 50? Why do you have to be 28 and know everything? No, you don't. That's a weird old thing. Yeah. That's a weird old thing. Because also it's like, I thought I knew what I wanted when I was 24. And then I changed my mind when I was, it didn't work. Like I didn't, no. you know, it, I, it wasn't happening. You have growing to do. There's so much growing left. And also do. like you get to, you get to like change midstream and try something else. If, if the, your original plan isn't working, you get to do that like four times. Yeah. Totally. There's something about the sound of an old timey cash register that really takes me back. I know it sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. (laughs) Okay, this is this is awesome. I'm going back. I'm going back to the topic we love. What's the best thing you've eaten in quarantine? (laughs) (gasps) That's a hard one because Vince and I have been 
glutton city let's, over here. Let's get honest about quarantine <laughs> binging. <laughs> I'm ready. I mean, for some reason, I think it's been really comforting, I think, to both of us is eating our childhood favorites. Yep. So, like, we did Hungry Man dinners, yeah. TV dinners. I've been eating um, Ritz peanut butter crackers every day. Down. I'm going to ask you to go back to the Hungry Man dinners. Here's what I used to just go crazy for about the Hungry Man dinners. Saving that little pie thing till the end. A little brownie. Oh, my God. So so is it always a brownie or is it different flavors with different meals? That's it's different flavors with different meals. Can you just walk us through different desserts so far that you or just how about the whole thing? Like what different Hungry Man's have you guys been enjoying? Well, I only get the fried chicken. Dinner because I fucking love it. And we actually had a couple weeks there where we were like every Sunday we're getting fried chicken from a different place. Nice. So that was happening for a while. Um, so then Vince, but Vince will get like Salisbury steak, which looks <laughs> disgusting. He's like, do you want to, I kept asking if I want to buy it. And I was like, absolutely not. And then I would, and then it was just not, it, it wasn't what I thought it would be. And then he it's also, there's like a, it's like yeah, gravy mushroom. Yeah. And then he did like a turkey dinner thing. Mm. And then we also got like a Swedish meatball situation. That's been fun. Okay. what were, um, Can you remember what the desserts for those were? Those were all brownies, I think. Really? Maybe they only do brownies now. I'm not Maybe. sure. But the brownies are fucking legit. All like crispy and microwaved and have like a piece of corn stuck in it. From- so you're not uh, traditional ovening these. You are microwaving them? No, no. We oven it. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. You yeah. couldn't because they're aluminum foil are they still aluminum foil? No, girl, no. It's plastic now. <laughs> the last one I had was in 1978. Well, there hasn't been an aluminum foil TV around here. 25 years. Um, let's see, what else are we eating? It's like a lot of experimentation where it's like, I told Vince I like cookies and cream ice cream, and so now he is ordering every single brand of cookies and cream ice cream until we find the one that's the best. Dude, okay, first of all, Again, congratulations on having the best husband of all time. Secondly, because <laughs> okay. he really is. He really, he really, he really is. He really is. Second of all, the times I've had to have a talk with myself because of me ordering ice cream from Postmates, where it's mm-hmm. just like, I actually have begun to plan what the other things I eat during the day. Like, I can't have it unless I only eat crazy good yes. all day long and then order from a because there's so many like um fancy bespoke ice cream places in yes. like in the valley you yeah. can get anything man have a green shake for breakfast every day and you can and you're fine so, <laughs> so says i the doctor <laughs> the nutritionist left doctor but i will say that I, I was gonna tweet the other day this this sentence the secret star of quarantine question mark that mm-hmm. spoonful of peanut butter. <laughs> because <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've just been kind of like wandering around aimlessly. And then I'm like, yeah. oh, wait, I can have a teaspoon of peanut butter to pass the time. I will say that like with Vince, with, I haven't had the resort to peanut butter because I can, <laughs> uh, when I get in this brain area of stress and anxiety and worry, I look in the fridge or the cupboard and go, fuck it and just don't eat. So like, he's definitely been sure that I'm eating, but that means we eat whatever he wants. So like, you know, for dinner the other night, we had fucking chili cheese dogs, which I'm stoked on. He's been making a lot of tater tots nice. and like ta- tater crowns, which is like a fucking Midwest <laughs> thing I didn't know what about. What is that? It's like, they're little, like, they're like, um, you know, when you get Burger King hash browns in the morning, but they're like flat. Sure. 
it's like that instead. That's such we've a been eating a lot crime. of yeah. We've been eating a lot of Midwesterny stuff Sweet. and like like hearty filling things. It's been like comforting. That's great. Yeah, Mid- Milano's a lot of Milano's. Oh, those are. Those are classic. I I keep making quesadillas. Oh yeah, simple, easy. But then it also it feels like I'm actually making something real. Yeah. Like I kind of like sorry, I have to stand at the oven for a while, like an actual adult, and it's just a quesadilla. <laughs> but then, um, I'll sometimes order from Sharky's, which is a rad Mexican place yeah, so in, in LA. It's a chain that's so good, and everything is really well made. And then get their salsa. So then I'm Ooh, having my, my homemade yeah. quesadilla with some real good fire roasted salsa. We've talked about it. I'm not saying this to be hacky. Zanku chicken. It's just, it's everything. And you it's know, perfect. it's good. Kind of good for you. Or at least like it's, you know, yeah. lean. Uh, it's yeah. perfect. This is from Sierra and it says, what advice would you give to someone who struggles with self-confidence as someone who is often second guessing herself? It's so comforting to listen to both of you be real. This may sound like a backwards compliment, but even when you make mistakes on the podcast, um, know that you're both inspiring murderinos to keep going because we're all human. Love to you both, Sierra. So the question is, after all that, is what advice would you give to someone who struggles with self-confidence? Don't beat yourself up for struggling with (laughs) self-confidence. You know, Mm -hmm. like that's, I think, such a big barrier everyone puts we put in our way of like because we're not perfect we suck yes i think like once you um learn to accept yourself as a flawed as a like hilariously charmingly real flawed person then you can forgive yourself a little more be yourself a little more you know which is a beloved person to a lot of people yeah. And I think the it's yeah, it's um you're not going to ever get self-confidence from someone else. So I think a lot of people think that where it's like, oh, if I just get if if I line certain things up, then suddenly that will be the like the answer. I'll be, mm-hmm. I'll be physically perfect. I'll be I'll say the perfect thing. Like right, everyone right. makes shit up of like, here's how they base it on other people they've seen of like, I wish I could be like him or her. Um and and it's all made up. You just have to kind of cop to the fact that all of your attempts, if you're struggling with self-confidence because you think you did it wrong a couple times or you think you don't have what it takes to do it. And that's all made up. And and I will say this, it's going to sound mean, but it's the truth. It's boring to be insecure. <laughs> and I'm saying that as a person who has been deeply boring about her insecurities for most of her life. It took me a long time to realize it. But ultimately, you standing there picking at yourself and only Uh being like, is my hair okay or whatever? It's a fucking bore. Bring more to the table. You know, like get some get some interesting trivia and focus on other people. That will help you so much. Yeah. Let it and let it go. Let it go. This idea of this person you're supposed to be that you're not holding to anyone else. Yeah, you you can try really hard to be perfect, and it's not gonna work. And you're gonna be unhappy, and you're not gonna be that fun to be around. And it's a fucking struggle every day. Or you can let it go and do your best to be a good person and a good friend. And um, yeah, become, think of like become someone you like. Become a person that you would want to be friends with. 
I think is the goal. It's like if you're going to go to, say, this future, a future party that will happen in five years. Mm-hmm. Um what like because when thinking about like what makes you not have self-confidence so is it like speaking to other people that you don't know at a party or is it something to do with work or whatever kind of figure out what the area is that you've decided you are less than somehow in and then work you know what i mean like if it's say it's a party then go with like 10 topics that you could talk about that you could ask people do you, do you care about the Loch Ness monster that right there is fa- a fascinating thing to ask someone at a party um, as opposed to trying to stand and like look perfect or be per- something mm-hmm. like that where it's like or act cool quote unquote which by the way if you think you're quote unquote acting cool you are not you're I, kind of a dick I promise, <laughs> I promise you you're not cool and it's like and then people come back later and be like oh yeah I remember meeting you you seemed like you seemed really unhappy or you seemed yeah. like bitch or something instead it's like if you can figure out how to focus on other people I think that's the key definitely I love that how do you determine which story submissions you share during minisodes and that's from Aaron we read them <laughs> so specific though <laughs> It's so like, it has to be this like, well written, actual story that has heart, the heart of the reader, the writer, and a fascinating story. Right? Yeah. And I think sometimes like, yeah, I think if you're, if you write the hometown to try to sound like us to make Mm -hmm. us happy, we probably won't pick it because that just sounds like us. And instead, if you write it, if we can get to know you through the way you tell your story, that's the most fun of all. Mm-hmm. And yes. And then also if you, if your story is good, then you're just off to the races. But I think sometimes people try to like, m- uh, please us with the presentation kind of Yeah. instead yeah. of like, I wouldn't, that doesn't happen that often, but I think it's like, that would be the thing that doesn't make me pick something is like, uh-huh. it doesn't sound genuine. Mm-hmm. Like trust that you're interesting as you naturally write, because it is. Yeah. Be earnest and honest and talk about what you like and you'll seem cool and interesting. And tell us what your grandparents' names are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Agnes, hi. What sound or noise do you hate? Oh, uh, wind chimes. For real? Yeah, they make me sad. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember coming home from school after school. No one was home in the house because I was a fucking latchkey kid, and it would just be like it'd be getting like dusk, and then I could hear my neighbors' wind chimes, and it would just be like, "You're alone. <laughs> You're all alone." Where was Lee? Where was Lee? Asher? Lee was probably at you know her friend's house, and Asher was probably at some like fucking practice you know everyone kind of just did their own we just we all were all roommates and just did our own fucking thing (laughs) very independent yeah so like all the lights in the house would be off and it would be getting dark and then i'd hear wind chimes and it'd make me real sad yeah yeah that makes sense what about you hate because i see i grew up my sister had misophonia growing up so it's the thing where you there's certain sounds that you hate uh-huh. Or like a sensitivity to sound. Uh-huh. So literally, I could not eat cereal anywhere near her. <laughs> anywhere near her. And anytime I chewed gum, she would immediately be mad. So she had that thing where it was like she could hear your like mouth sounds. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, what I just did would infuriate my sister. 
So I think everything that's coming to mind is her thing. Because <laughs> you're so like attuned to it. It's just all her is all her problem. But I guess um I would say like hate uh uh well I really hate when like cars with loud mufflers on purpose go by mm-hmm. like either motorcycles or the cars those make it doesn't make sense to me it's so rude it's so rude it's like setting off car alarms and waking up babies and stuff where it's just kind of like just to do it is it like is it a biker thing of like fuck you i'll have no muffler and you'll all pay is it that i get when they i get when they're they're tuned up a little bit so that the car cars can hear them like that's one reason that they do turn all that stuff up a little bit is so when you go by a car they hear you and so they don't hit you they know you're coming but when they do it in a, when they're on the highway for the blind what the fuck <laughs> like, you know what i mean like people are, visual <laughs> people are fucking stupid they will you know so you can so you can hear a car coming or the motorcycle coming okay. but when they do it just to like rev up and shit then yeah, it's, those are the ones that yeah, the there's yeah it's um but i'm trying to think of like the you know what is what is a um nails on the chalkboard nails on a chalkboard type of sound to me <laughs> like a similar thing like that i thought of my answer oh okay. it's okay. so obvious i i don't want to listen to 911 calls oh yeah <laughs> That's the thing I can't do. I was like, I was like, I know there's something that the second it starts, I go, don't turn it off, turn it off. And it's, um, yeah, any serial killer or any like criminal being recorded and talking and any, mm. any 911 call. I don't want to hear it. That's a good one. I want to hear it. It's, it was right there all along. <laughs> okay. You want to do the last one? Yeah. Karen. Yes. It says, what is the most important thing you have learned from Georgia? Georgia, what's the most important thing you've learned from Karen? And that's from Elizabeth T. First of all, I learned a lot of things from you, but I'm trying to think of what the most important. I I think it's this. Honestly, you got to start you immediate if you if you start a podcast, immediately start making merch. Immediately. (laughs) Merch. Merch is it. Merch is where it's at. Get on that. People want shirts. Make shirts. Get into merch. Take it seriously. It's important. It's fun. It and is it's fun. fun. Yep. It's so fun. That's my favorite thing. We I think some, from you. We're real good new designs oh, coming. Oh, that's right. We one totally we do. Cry. Yep. But you did cry when we saw it. I loved it. I think I learned from you a very important thing that I'm going to carry with me my whole life. Uh, is is it's okay to and how to say no mm-hmm. when you don't agree when you don't want to do something I think I've been such a like I don't want to disappoint anyone my whole fucking life so I've been really I've done things that I don't want to do I've said yes to th- especially with work you know if everything feels like dire and I have to do it to to a point where I'm going crazy um but like, it's okay to say no. And I actually become less of a flaky person yeah. and a happier person because instead of saying yes to something and then in a month being like, I don't want to do that. I'm flaking. Yeah. Instead, it's immediately being like, that's, I, I know that's not something I want to do, or I know that's not something that's going to make me feel good. And, uh, 
and that people won't hate you if you say no. Like it's not a negative. And if they do, then that's their fucking problem, not yours. Yeah, they're probably a dick. And also you. Yeah, it's like. I yeah, I learned. Thank you. I learned that crucial thing long ago, which is the standard should be no. And you like you, it has to be really good to say yes, because what you do and your energy and your time and your attention matters and is valuable. And if you if you have a thing where you're constantly people pleasing randomly, then anyone can can like energy vampire you anyone can take anything and will always be able to manipulate you and like guilt quote unquote guilt you and that shouldn't be an option for anyone except for like your favorite aunt and you know your sister or brother you know what i mean like that's like it's it's you have to have your inner circle and then everything else is like you don't owe anybody a favor you don't owe anybody anything it's just a good, I think it's good self-preservation. Don't do it so much that you close down um, yeah. or, you know, like close I can be, doors. I can be very like, I'll fight immediately, but that's just, you know, that's just how I was raised. You got, but like, it's also, but it does also me. like, it dilutes your yes when yep. you say yes all the time. Like, right. Yep. Yeah. It dilutes, it dilutes it, dilutes. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Whereas if you say no to things and are actually choosing things that matter to you and saying yes to things that are important, then when you say yes to those things, it matters more. Yeah. In in this cosmic way. And also it's just the, you know, whether because this we could be talking about it, like going to a party or doing someone yeah. a favor or doing a project or whatever, whatever it is, it's just you you have to take it in and they go, what? what do I really think you have to like take the pause and really uh-huh. go like, what's the, let's look at this. What would happen six months from now? What's the bigger picture thing? And like actually uh-huh. weigh it all out in a serious way. It's good. Cause then you're, then yeah. you're being strategic about your own life. Yeah. And there's a, there's an amount of, of yourself spiritually that you can give away that eventually it's going to hit a wall and you're going to be exhausted from doing things for other people constantly. It's going to spiritually deplete you. Well, and also it's that support. If you keep on saying yes for that reason, it supports the belief. The only good you are is of use to other people. And that's incorrect. Mm -hmm. That's like your boundaries actually are what make people like you having the self-respect to say uh, no thanks and not right now makes people go, Oh, okay. I can't just like walk right over that person. It's, it's, like um it's a misconception i think that often a lot of women have that it's like if i'm not nice and agreeable of service yeah. of service to people yeah that's just kind of a weird old idea that i feel like now young young women of today are yeah. have that in hand but you know if you were raised by moms that were raised to believe that then like that's just you got you got that lesson early and often which is smile make sure people like you make sure you're nice like it's this idea that you're supposed to be the kind of applebee's hostess to the world and that's fucking (laughs) bullshit yeah it's definitely built up my confidence for sure being able to to know my worth and and know that i'm i'm not worthless if i'm not of service just to whoever fucking wants it yeah which is not to say you can't be a slut Get out there. Do what yeah. you want. But the point is Say do yes. what you want, not what other right. people want. Right. Do what and who you want. Do what you like. Well, that's it. That's it. That was the Q&A. 
That was the Q&A. That was so fun. Thanks for tuning in, all you deep, dark murderinos. Yes. Thank you, um, Fan Cult, for asking great questions and thoughtful questions and plenty of snacks and food questions. That's right. Those were all, these are, there's so many more questions that we'll ask one day. I absolutely am going to buy a fried chicken hungry man dinner <gasps> uh, and try it out on your wreck. That sounds really fun. Um, um Brad. Yay. Thanks. Thanks Steven. for listening. Thanks, Stephen. Good job. Good job. Uh, everyone, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening. Hope you're doing well in quarantine. Yes. Stay strong. Stay yeah. healthy. Mm-hmm. Stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want a cookie? <laughs> <laughs>